Friends, fiends, rapscallions, I know what you all must be thinking every time an episode is released of Easily Irritated. I'm sure you're all thinking, God, Mike is my favorite comedian. I love his stand-up. I love his podcast. I love Mike McCowan. I just wish I could have a podcast myself. I wish that people would want to listen to me talk. I wish, you know, I'm passionate about JoJo's Bizarre Adventures. Maybe I should start a podcast on that. But who's going to listen? And then I'm creating all this work, all this effort to just shout into the void? No, that doesn't sound fun. But here's where you're wrong, my friends. There's a magical little platform called Anchor. And it's everything you need or anything you want to create a podcast. It's completely free and there's creation tools to make it easy and fun for you to be able to do it literally anywhere. You can do it from your phone. You can do it from your computer. You can hold up your phone like you're talking to a friend and you're actually reporting a podcast. And the audio is amazing. This is what I used when I first started my podcast and it is a great app. It's a great platform and the best thing about it is you upload your podcast, send it away, and Anchor will upload it for you onto all the streaming platforms, onto Spotify, onto Applecasts, anywhere that you can listen to podcasts, you'll be able to hear your podcast. I'll be able to li- you can send me your podcast and I'll listen to it. Anyway, you're probably still thinking, I don't know, I'm a little on the edge here. I'm a little on the fence. Because even if I do create a podcast, who's going to listen? I'm never going to make money off the podcast. Not like you do. But see, this is where you're also wrong, my little wolf pups. With Anchor, you don't have to have a minimum listenership. You don't have to reach 500 people. You could reach one dude in South Carolina that lives in his mom's basement and he never wears pants. He only wears tidy whities all the time and his mom brings him oatmeal when he's hungry and corn dogs because who doesn't love corn dogs? It doesn't matter if that guy is your one and only fan because with Anchor, you don't have to have a minimum listenership. You could have one guy, two guys, 500 guys, 1,000 guys. It doesn't matter. You'll still make money off your podcast by reading ads much like I'm doing now. There's no minimum listenership. That's what's great about Anchor. It's everything you need literally in one place to make a podcast. Now, listen closely and I'll tell you how to do it, all right? It's super complicated. You might want to take some notes. Step one, open up your smartphone or iPhone. Go to the App Store and type in anchor.fm. Click the download button and get your podcast started. It's that easy. All right, now enjoy the show. Sorry to take a little break. I know we just had an ad, but I really do need to tell you. I need to further... Instill my point. You know, we live in a time of some craziness, all right? There's some riots going on. There's a COVID-19 virus going on. There's all this talk about defunding the police department. I'm sure you want to give your opinions out there. Shout them out there. You know, get some following behind you. 
you know, up the morale a little bit in society in America. God knows we could all have a little content that would let us, you know, escape from all the awfulness in the world. Surely this podcast doesn't do it for you. So create your own, all right? When I was first trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. One being, am I going to have to upload my podcast to each platform individually? To Spotify, to Apple, to everywhere? Because that's, that's going to be super annoying and I don't want to do that. Well, that's when I heard about Anchor. It's a one-stop all you need to create a podcast. They upload, you upload it onto Anchor. Oh, here's my little podcast. I'm talking about riots and what flavor ice cream I like. I send it into Anchor. They upload it and they distribute it for me on Spotify, Apple, everywhere. You can listen to a podcast you will hear about Easily Irritated. It is that awesome. But here's another question I had. Will I ever make money? Like, Let's say I do develop a fan following. Will I make money? Will I be able to apply for sponsors? But here's what I didn't know is you don't even have to have a minimum listenership with Anchor. No. You can make money from your podcast right away. I don't, I wouldn't expect a lot of money, but you know, two cents from every listener, that adds up, you know? So, the answer to every one of these questions is simple. Anchor, all right? Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you with the great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. Why have advertisers, oh, this is for hymns. If you're uh, losing your hair and your dick doesn't work, come here and use my code word. They're not going to match you up with randos like that, okay? They know your podcast. Advertisers, advertisers, advertisers know your demographic, all right? They know the message you're trying to get out, and they will match sponsors to you, to the content that you offer. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. Now, all you have to do, it's, it's not complicated at all. First of all, open up the App Store on your smartphone or your iPhone, right? Type in anchor.fm. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M slash start. And... Uh, You'll get started, you'll make your podcast, you'll make money. Maybe you might even become Rogan legendary. The Joe Rogan experience might even fail to comparison of how massive your show is, mans, dudes, whoa, mans. Join the revolution of podcasting. Now, back to the show. Easily Irritated was not recorded in front of a live studio audience, but rather a captive audience of pop figurines and porcelain dolls. Cassie has a cute little face. She has a fuzzy, 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 fuzzy face. 
And she is a dog man race. Fuzzy, 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 fuzzy face. Welcome to another episode of Easily Irritated. I did it, you guys. I made decisions. I feel so uncomfortable asking people for what I want in life. I guess that's an artist thing, you know. I've heard a lot of artists in uh, multiple genres describe that. Not rap, though. They seem to know how to shoot their shot, those rap rapists. You know? Anyway, I did some more Dugando. I put on my detective hat, you know? And I was more curious, if anything, uh, about the whole Crystalia thing. You know, my cousin Brenna showed me. I don't know if I should have said her name. I say her last name. Anyway, it's different from mine. You'll never find her. She's invisible. Anyway, she showed me Crystalia, and I was I was a fan. You know, he's not doesn't have a lot of punchlines. Not anything you really remember. He's kind of a white guy talking about his carefree white life existence. It's it's a lot of white privilege in there. I wish I had some of that. You know, I'm white. Why can't I have some of that privilege? That'd be cool. Seems to come with a skin tone, huge. But not today. Anyway, I put on my detective hat because I was curious. I was like, is this a Louis C.K. thing? Is this a Harvey Weinstein situation? Or do we have a code dad? Do we have a Bill Cosby? You know, is this an R. Kelly thing? Is he locking people up in this basement? I needed to know. No, it's it's not that. It's um it's actually pretty disturbing. Um I have the opinion, you know, that if these alleged stories are true. He's a dirtbag. And I'll tell you why. And he may have not intentionally did things illegal. I don't know if he did or not. Really. I don't think anybody does. Except maybe him. Maybe not even him. I don't know. Only the cops really know. If they're going to pursue things, you know. But he hasn't been charged with anything as of yet. Just Twitter accusations and stuff. But I gotta say, I don't think those girls are making that stuff up. I know they're getting a lot of hate online and death threats, which they don't deserve. But, uh, he's, uh, if these alleged accusations are true, he's a Elvis Presley motherfucker with some grooming shit, man. I read, uh, Elvis and Me. It's in the, it's written by Priscilla Presley. And, uh, you know, just describes her whole life, meeting Elvis and up until his death. He was 22 or 20, 22 or 23, and she was 14. She was a baby. She was a children's. She was a little baby cakes. She's a little child's. And he's a full-grown adult man and already famous. 
like and plus the way they met was also like obviously a grooming pattern like it was a friend of elvis's who was also famous and he's like hey pretty girl i know you're young but elvis will like you and he brought you know over to elvis's house like a token it's all really gross but that's what the Crystalia shit reminded me of reading some of those stories, you know? And a lot of those stories, he just whips out his dick, and that's some confidence, all right? That's some white privilege confidence that I sometimes wish I had. One of those weirdos that respects people in general. You know, I try not to let people walk all over me. Okay, I try to be the chick chick boom guy. It's taken me almost 30 years to become the guy trying to be that guy, you know? Luckily, I have friends that are assertive that uh, try to talk up my confidence, you know? Like, hey, you know, you're very funny. You're good at what you do. You're a professional artist. You're a professional comedian. Be happy. You're better than these stupid people. And I think, yes, sometimes. Sometimes they do really dumb things, and it makes me question everything. But, you know, we're not all perfect. Struggle with depression, PTSD from, you know, sexual assaults when I was younger, when I was a baby's, when I was a child's. When I was just a child's. Parents still don't like to talk about it. They like to pretend it doesn't ha- didn't happen. I maybe because maybe some people feel like it's a reflection on their parenting skills. It's not. It's just life. Life's not happening to you. It just happens. And it's kind of shitty sometimes. Most of the time, you know. There's very rare moments in life where you're like this is amazing. For like 24 hours, it's always amazing. There's not one bad thought. I doubt that ever happens. There's no such thing as like, I'm going to get to a place where I'm going to finally be happy. It's, you know, maybe feel financially secure and not stress out all the time. You're not going to fix your problems with money. Certainly, uh, you know, Fix some of the burdens that our society puts on you. But sometimes you're just sad, you know? All you can hope is that you're not addicted to a substance. But substances are cool. Not all substances, you know? I like weed, personally. I like Red Bull. I like caffeine a lot. And sugar. I like sugar and I like sour gummy worms. They give me ecstasy. Not actual ecstasy, but ecstasy as in joy, like um, happiness. I've never done ecstasy. I imagine I wouldn't like it. Maybe I feel like the joy was too good to be true. I question it. I would question the joy. You know, I question too many good things happening to me. It's always usually bad. It's usually I have to fight for the good things. 
It's nice when they're just handed to you. And sure, maybe someone else down the line's getting some bad karma. But at least I'm getting some good karma. I had a frog stuck in my throat just now. Now, Chris D'Elia, though, he's a dirtbag. Uh, some of the girls are like, he's messaging them. And, um, I mean, he supposedly doesn't, didn't know any of them were underage and hasn't met any of them. But there's some detailed descriptions in there. And the one that made me particularly, like, mad was I had to reflect over some time because I don't want to come off biased. I just, like, think if that story's true, it should speak for itself. She's, uh, this girl's from, you know, I'm not going to say her name, but I feel like she probably blasted herself enough on Twitter and everything. But this girl's from Arizona. She went to ASU. And uh, a friend of mine knows her, actually. She goes to ASU. And, um, yeah, apparently, like, she was into, uh, Chris, you know, when she was 17, and he was like, yeah, I want to make out with you, and, you know, I want nudes from you, nude pictures, you know, the abbreviation, and, uh, they were going to meet up. He was in Tempe doing a show and she was going to meet up with him. And he said, you know what? Before I meet up with you, I need you to prove your loyalty to me. I need you to pr prove that you deserve me, that you're worth my time. And so the way he wanted her to prove that was he wanted her to meet up with her his friend who is a stranger and suck his dick. And that is horrifying that a human being would treat another human being like that. I mean, at least Harvey Weinstein was clear about it. It wasn't like misleading about anything like that. At least Harvey Weinstein was like, yeah, you want to be a wonder woman, right? Suck. Suck this tiny little penis. He didn't, you know, make you think one thing and then the other thing. I mean, a little bit, I guess he called you into the audition. But, you know, if you don't have a lot of credits, too, you, you got to be asking yourself. Also, like, why does this guy have any say in how talented I am? Like, he's not even a creative. Don't let not creative people judge you. Directors, writers all that kind of stuff, they're creatives. They can judge you. It's their vehicle. But, you know, all that kind of... Harvey Weinstein types? Eh, get out of town. What a waste of space. You're not worth your time. Same thing with Chris D'Elia's. Just shows you. You've got enough money and power. You can get away with a lot. I am surprised, though, if it's true, his uh, his leaning choice, you know, his disguise. You know, Bill Cosby went with America's Dad, the Cosby show, for years. He was even a clean comic. Well, that'll get to my second point.
in a second. But he was also a clean comic. Now, Crystal Lee is not, but we all were fooled by Bill for years because of his dad persona, his characters. You know, Fat Albert. Hey, hey, hey. I don't know if that's racist anymore, so I apologize. But I liked that cartoon growing up. And Chris D'Elia, what was his plan? I'm going to play a stand-up comedian, pedophile, on one of the most viewed streaming platforms there is, Netflix, on you. And I'm just going to tell people if these accusations ever come out, you're confused with my character that I played on TV. It's called Acting Be Smarter. Uh, I feel like that's, you know, maybe maybe all the stories aren't true. I doubt it. I They sound pretty real to me. But, I mean, all I'm saying is I think if you're a clean comic like Bill or if you're public like, you know, Chris D'Elia, not a clean comedian, but he openly doesn't drink and he doesn't do drugs. Now, he claims it's because he had a good childhood. That's fine. But your parents drink, so it must rub off on you a little. So either they were alcoholics like... uh some of us had to deal with, you know? And uh, it did it made you not want to go to that drug of choice. Or there's a darkness inside of you. As Dexter might say, a dark passenger. Or motionless and white, who's also a fan of Dexter. Either way, that's where it comes from. Or if you're Ted Bundy, the darkness. So... Yeah, if you don't do anything, he's doing. He does stand up every single night. You're running from some dark passenger, man. You're running from some shadowy thing, some shadowy darkness inside of you. It's my theory. And uh, if you uh, actually drank, and actually did drugs of any kind. It might just give you an excuse to just snap. Just let loose all your control. That's another thing. It Usually, if you have a lot of control issues, you don't like drinking. I don't like being told what to do, and I don't like feeling like I'm being taken care of outright. I don't like being babied. <clears throat> like, in an obvious way. Like being... I don't like being felt demeaned of any kind. That's why if these stories are true, like it angers me because he's demeaning people. That's my problem with pri- with prison guards and jail guards because the demeaning people just treat people like human beings. That's my problem with the short shorts guy. Cuts in line right in front of me. I... I don't like people that when they go places, when they see the world, they see themselves before they see the other people in the world. 
And that bothers me. Because sometimes I feel like I see just all the other people and they don't even see me. And sometimes I don't see myself. And I should see myself. I should see everybody and myself. It should be like a balance, you know? I feel like I, I should do I do it the right way, but I also let stupid people anger me, like people that cut in line. That shouldn't still be haunting me. That was months ago. But I think about that always. And it's part of my act now in stand-up. There's apparently a lot of ways you can tag those hideously short shorts. Or pretty much a Speedo. It's almost like he just painted shorts onto his body and gave himself a camel toe. But anyway, things like that, you know? Or the guy running a business out of his car, living out of his, out of his car, telling me to get out of his business establishment in a parking lot? That happened weeks ago. That shouldn't still be bothering me, Zs. But it is. I think of better things I could have said. It's like I, I could have been way smarter about it. I could have been way quippier. You know? I could have even been scary if I wanted to. But that's the afterthought. It's always better in the afterthought. See, maybe... Crystal is fighting a darkness. Maybe he's fighting this like a sickness. And that's my, this is just my theory for people who go, are a clean, you know. At least Dane Cook, when he talks about drinking, he's open about it. His dad was an alcoholic or whatever. And he feels like he's addicted to everything he does, good and bad. And he, that's why he doesn't want to do any drugs. Because he'd be all in and he'd be an asshole. And it would just ruin him. But he admits that there's a darkness. Alright? Joe Rogan admits there's a darkness. That's why he's super muscular. That's his way of chasing it away. You know? He does the podcast. Stand up. When you're doing things, you don't think about the trauma. You know? You don't think about molestations and, you know, child rape and things like that or being raped in jail. You don't think about things like that. Or being in the hole for 30 straight days and 23-hour lockdown. The hours they, for, they remembered you. Yeah. Or being covered in your own feces matter. Because of food poisoning from the food you're being given. And no one giving a shit enough to give you new clothes. But what ifs? We all have our things. So that's why it's super disturbing when things surface like this. Where it's like creepy, you know? But... I know. If it's true, he should be canceled. Comedy Central already took down his special uh, white male black comic. Ah, such a white privilege name. 
such a white, privilegy, ballsy name. White comic, white male black comic. Yeah, such a gross title. What do I know? I'm a nobods, but I'm a good purse. So that's that's one point for Mike. And I made a decision. I was a boom boom guy. I wasn't even a chick chick boom guy. It was already cocked. That's how ready I was. But I made a last minute decision because I tried to take out two guards and I'm, I made the right decision. You know? But I'm happy. It's. <clears throat> I was talking to another comic friend of mine and uh, another non comic friend of mine, my best friend. I think it's. I've never had. I've, <clears throat> I'm froggy in my throat, scratchy. I, uh, you know, I've never been to a cartoon artist. I've seen it. I've unfortunately performed in events where I've cartoon artists have been present drawing other people, and they always do a horrific job. It's always poorly. It's always like it's good. Like they're good artists, but they're like obviously extreme versions of whoever's sitting in front of them. So it's interesting paying an actual illustrator artist to, uh, to draw your likeness, you know, Um, because I, I just find it fascinating how other people see me and not just me in general, just people in general, like everybody sees like your mom sees you physically differently than your dad sees you physically. And we remember everyone differently. Memories to memories, people change, really. Human memories are so, like, fickle. You can even sometimes want to remember something or be told something and visualize it so well that you feel like you remember that. That's my problem. Sometimes I'll hear people describe stories that they've lived and be like, wasn't I there for that? And I'm like, no, I told you about that. I was like, well, you just described it so well. I just, I'm just burping a lot right now. Apologies. 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 Yeah, but sometimes people just tell you a story that's just so, like, vivid and you're just so visual that, you know, when I was in jail, when I was in um, Lower Buckeye in the hole, I went to medical and a doctor told me that. I guess technically she was a nurse. But she said that's, she told me that the, the thing with PTSD is the only thing that really separates that from a normal person. Someone with a really good recall. Someone with a really good memory. So if you have a really good recall for things... Like, apparently, like, so if two guys could be in the same plane, plane crash, right? They both survive. They both see tons of people dying all around them. One guy, you know, two years later, doesn't really remember it. Doesn't really affect his life. The other guy, it's affecting his whole life because that's all he thinks about all the time. 
because his memory recalls so good, so he doesn't even mean to think about it. He just thinks about it. And that's what it's like for me. So the bad moments, I especially think about a lot. And obviously you try to think of the good, happy moments. 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 I'm a little mush mouth. But yeah, you know, you try to think about the good moments, but there's obtrusive thoughts, you know? Like when you talk to a really, really, really stupid person and you picture them getting hit by a bus or lighting on fire and screaming and dying slowly and painfully in front of you. But those, you don't plan on doing that, you know? Those are just thoughts. That's an interesting way to answer a question, by the way, if you're ever at a sales job. Going to a sales job is much like going to an improv audition. You know, you're doing a lot of exercises or sketch, really. Doing a lot of uh, improv exercises, even improv games, like before you go out into the field. And... I was helping train uh, some of the new guys and I was supposed to give like an example of like, so if you had a superpower, what would it be? And then I say what mine would be. And I said, lighting people on fire with my mind. Because you can't tell, like you don't know that it wasn't a spontaneous combustion or if it was a guy with mind powers. And for all you know, mind powers don't exist. I might be the only guy on the planet with superpowers and be able to do mind stuff. So, my telekinesis or whatever is all my, my telekinetic fire, my mind fire is a secret. I mean, sure, if it's me, a lot of people will know about it. I mean, not the whole world, but definitely you guys. My friend Austin right away and his wife, Travis. (sighs) I might tell my mom, nah, nah. I think it would just... I think I would just light too many people on fire where they'd be like, listen, no matter where you go, people start lighting on fire. And it's always places you are. We, we're sensing a pattern here. I'd be like, all right, you got me. Or do you? Now you're on fire. Who's the loser now? You know, a comedian, a stand-up friend of mine, I can't say the word comedian today, stand-up friend of mine, Ryan Osborne, he, uh, he told me once if I was the leader of the world, like if I was the president, it would just be communist Russia. The world would be burning, people would be running around naked. I mean, really, it'd be like an anti-police state. But not because I don't feel feel like police matter, because I I feel like police exist for a reason, you know? But in my apocalyptic, 
fantasy and my actual feelings, you know, I'd want to take them away, put them somewhere safe on an island and just see what happens out of pure entertainment, nothing evil. I'm a big believer in uh, seeing what people do just on their own devices. I think it's fascinating how people work. And I know I sound like a psychopath right now, but I try to understand my own behavior too. I have, I'm have I'm a weirdo. I sing silly songs to my dog. That wasn't for the podcast. I just chose to share that part of myself with you guys. You know? I want to be real. I'm a silly goose. You know? I sing songs. Make up songs. I've been putting music to my songs sometimes. That's how silly and sad I am. I'll share them with you. Sure. But I think it's way more fun to sing silly than it is to sing real. And I'm not bad. I'm not a bad singer. I'm not great, but I'm karaoke okay. And karaoke okay is... You might as well be... Um, you, you could be Cassandra Blanc, alright? I don't even know who that is. I was hoping that was a singer. I was hoping a singer name would... Ca- Kelly Clarkson, there we go. If you can... If you're a Kelly Clarkson at karaoke, you're a dick, all right? But if you're, you know, uh, Gangnam style, for sure, find yourself in any karaoke bar. Go right ahead. You'll be karaoke okay, and it'll be great. Yeah. Singing serious just isn't fun. It's too much effort, man. You have to, like, like, use muscles and stuff. And I know that sounds lazy for someone who just talks, but I write down shit, man. I prepare, you know? I write out things before I talk about them. I'm not an animal. All right? I met, I was doing... I was doing an open mic one time. This is this was probably like when I just started. 2000, 2010. So I'm 2010. I'm 20. And I'm doing open mics. And this older guy, like, he had to be, he's all gray. He's pretty wrinkly. He had to be at least 70. And I know young people think like 40-year-olds are old. No, I'm like, this was like grandpa-level old. And he was like, you a a young comic? He was like, yeah. And he was like, "Uh, well, uh, welcome aboard. I was like, "Uh, it's just a thing a creepy old white guy would say too, like, he said, like, ahoy or something. Come aboard. <sighs> He's like, um, so, uh, oh, um, oh, yeah, so I did my thing, and, you know, that was okay. I, I never think anything I do is good. But 
So I went, uh, I did my, my little jokes, my little four minutes of whatever it was at the time. And it was that older guy who ran the mic, I guess I found out later. He's like, yeah, you're pretty funny. Well, um, you know, uh, do you write things down? I was like, yeah, of course I write things down. It's like, you just sounds like you're just talking. And I was like, yeah, that's the point. That's the point of stand-up. It feels like a conversation, but you've actually put a lot of thought and creative writing in place for this. And he's like, yeah, I just do uh, improv stand-up. And I said, I don't think that's a thing. I think there's improv, and I think there's stand-up. Improv stand-up is just you bullshitting into a microphone with a crowd. He's like, yeah, sometimes it's not, it goes really bad. But sometimes there's two or three good jokes. Do you ever reuse those jokes? Nah. It's part of my process. Oh, cool. So you you like wasting your time. And you like wasting other people's time. Check, please. And I've never been back there since. You know? I feel the same way about open micers who go up there with uh, notepads. I'm just trying to work out shit, man. Dude, this is four minutes. You don't have four minutes worked out enough where you don't need a notepad. Like, at least treat it like a job a little bit, you know? If you want to make a living at it someday, like, treat it like a job just a little bit. At least, like, I grew up as an artist. I was raised as an artist, as a, as a professional sculptor before I even... I always wanted to do stand-up, but before I even got into stand-up, I was a trained sculptor, special effects makeup artist. And, uh, you know, that's uh, one thing artists have. They know where they're coming from, you know. They're not going to dick around. If they're at an art fair or showing off their art or anything like that, this is the time to uh, make connections and show off your art to people. Get eyes on it. This is not the time to dick around. I'm going to show up with an art festival with some uh, a notepad of some sketches I plan to do in the future. Lame. Come prepared, broskies. You can't be the chick-chick guy. You gotta be... The Chick Chick Boom Guy, bro. Sifts and Chiquitas. Yeah. I just think, especially because, maybe it's because my best friend, he's, he's, and my best friend's younger than me. He's, he's my brother's age. He's 27. He's 27. And uh, he's got like sisters around that age, around 20. And, I still see them in my mind as little as babies, but in real life, they look rather young. And so to be like attracted to that kind of like young, like they look like they could be 14. So if you're attracted to someone who could 
be 14 or could be 20, aren't you still a pedophile? Like, regardless if you do anything illegal, if you are attracted to someone who looks, who could be possibly 12, but she could also be 18, you know, I think there's something dark in you. Yeah, admit it. Admit it. Anybody that hides from the truth, I feel like, is a little weird. You gotta at least talk about your darkness, you know? And do good things to keep it at bay. You know, work out. Talk about it. Help others not go over the same path. You know, expose truths. Help other people not get uh, taken advantage of. But it's maybe that's why I feel close to it is because of his sisters because I see them as babies still and uh, I would destroy someone I would be I would be super bad I would feel like I would have to stop their brother from murdering people if that happened to his sisters so like I can only imagine how the girls themselves feel allegedly if they're true you know but they sound true. And if they're true, then yeah, for sure, there should be some consequences for him. And he should be a message, you know, that young girls and young people in general should be able to be fans of whoever they are fans of and admire whoever they admire, regardless of their gender or anything like that. And... Trust that they're not going to become prey to people in power, to predators in power. Because all this sounds like very predatory behavior, and I'm not okay with it. I, uh, it's unfortunate, because I'm, I'm a comedy fan. I love comedy in all shapes and sizes, even if I don't really think your comedy's for me. I'll watch it because I like comedy. But I don't think I can support his comedy anymore. You know, Comedy Central already took down a Workaholics episode where he was, Chris D'Elia played a pedophile and they took down his comedy special. You know, Netflix will wait a while before they take down his shit from their platform, but, you know... It's just, it's shitty, not for him necessarily, but you have to realize, like, there's other actors and stuff in those things, and they get royalties, and they get paid from doing that kind of stuff. So when one guy just ruins it for everybody, it's just, it's just unfortunate. Like, it's a part of life, yeah, but it's unfortunate. And hopefully, moving forward, there'll be less scumbags out there, because... That is pretty scummy. That's for sure. If those stories, alleged uh, stories are... And I would for sure, guys, look into it. Because they are haunting. They are haunting if they are true. And it is probably way... I mean, you know... I guess Harvey Weinstein was accused of raping Rose McGowan. So, you know, it's different, I guess. But besides that... I feel like they're in the same boat if it's true, you know? 
I don't want to stress if, but they sound pretty true, and I don't know why people would lie about that. So I feel like uh, it's just the hashtag believe all women is uh, right on this case. You know, not that it's been wrong before, but, you know, it's definitely, it is, it feels like it's right in this, in this one. It's just too oddly specific. Too many of them match up. They have too many similarities for them to be exaggerated. Unfortunately, he is a white guy with a lot of power and fame. And uh, in the words of Vince Neil in his book, and well, their book and Montley Cruz's book, you know, they, uh, it was in that awful car accident. I watched The Dirt. It was in that movie, too. It's based off the book. A lot of people think it's just based off, you know, their life. No, it's based off the book that they wrote. It's a, like a, a um, autobiography or biography or whatever. But I don't know the difference between autobiography and biography. Maybe I should. But either way, like, Vince Neil was in this awful... He's the singer of Motley Crue, and he was in this awful... Like, car accident, killed a lot of people, brain damaged a lot of people. And it just got a slap on the wrist, you know, 30 days in jail, county jail. And had to be go- gone to rehab and pay, you know, $2, two million in um, retribution to the family members and everything. But, but again, that's money. That's money and power. And he said it in his book, The Best, and, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but he said, you know, I should have gone away to prison for the rest of my life. But, and it's, it's fucked up, but it's true. It's money. And the more you have it, you know, the more you can do and the more you can get away with. And he's a hundred percent correct, but hopefully not in this case, hopefully charges are filed. Um, if the, all the facts check out and everything, and hopefully, uh, those, uh, you know, the people affected, the victims can, you know, rest assured that his behavior won't continue on other unsuspecting people, you know? I think that's all that victims really care about. Being a victim and of, you know, being a victim myself. So I feel like you just want it to not happen to other people. You know, it's already happened to you. You can't do anything about it. But you don't want that person that affected you to affect other people's lives too. Because then you're kind of just as, you're just uh, like as irresponsible and responsible as him, you know, because you're letting him do it. And I feel like that's probably how a lot of people feel. Because that's how I feel sometimes. Because, you know, I never, you know, called out my guy my person is a male but you know i also i have uh conflicting feelings about it you know anyway i'm sorry that this uh, episode hasn't been super funny it's been some dark times it's just thinking about a lot of stuff and i thought i'd share anyways i was happy with the uh, the artist 
that uh, designed my cover photo, my cover album, my podcast album. Is that what it's called? My pod album. My pod album art. It's amazing. I love it. It's beautiful. Never realized how uh, square my jaw was. Or how piratey my beard actually was. But I love it. It looks just like me. It's all angry and flustered. Just like me. So, anyway. Thank you for listening to Easily Irritated with stand-up comedian Mike McCowan. I'll see you guys next time. Stay I'm a mush mouth. Stay safe out there. And don't let people cough on you. And uh or strangle you. That's bad too. Just just stay inside. You know, it's dangerous out there. There's rude people, there's uh, invisible viruses, you know, there's there's rapists out there, just just pedophiles, just stay away. Don't be groomed, bro. Don't be groomed. Keep your dark passengers in check. Anyway, I'm Mike McCowan with my fluffy companion, Queen Cassie. And we're out of here. My sweet beauties. My wolf pups. Uh, I tried to do like a werewolf, like, oh, but it came out like a sneeze. So I don't know. I don't know what it is, but that's what it is. Good night and sleep tight. Don't let the Santa Claus bite. <laughs>